Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Before we start this episode, I wanted to take a quick moment to ask a favor of you. Please open the podcast app you're listening on right now and hit the follow button. This really supports us growing the podcast and also helps continue to produce high-quality conversations around high performance. You listen to us and we want to listen to you. So please also consider leaving a rating and review. Tell us what you love about this episode and what you'd like to hear more of. Give us some feedback as it really does make a difference to what we're doing behind the scenes. Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. In this bite size from episode number 59, champion bodybuilder Nick Jones opens up about all things performance-enhancing drugs, or PEDs. Nick explains some of the benefits and the negative side effects that come with the use and potentially abuse of PEDs, including anabolic steroids, human growth hormone, and peptides. I really appreciate how Nick opened up and openly discussed what in many countries around the world is considered a taboo topic. He goes into detail about his own experience with PEDs and why he thinks they have such a negative connotation in popular media due to people abusing them without proper education or supervision. In this discussion, I also raised how a number of my mum's friends openly talk about how they are taking HRT or hormone replacement therapy. Yet if men of a similar age have that conversation, a lot of them would probably get looks with daggers. And Nick talks about why he thinks we look at this differently between women as we do with men. Before we start this interview, a quick disclaimer. I want to be really clear when I work in the world of elite sport as a mental skills coach and having come through sport as a strength and conditioning coach, there is a guideline, a charter, a set of ethics where people do not take any substances to accelerate performance. And if they do, that's called illegal and they get kicked out of the sport. In my world as a coach and exploring science with Dr. Tom Buckley and this whole concept of performance intelligence, we want to bring information to you from a curious point of view. And that's where I sit in this interview, not with my hat as a mental skills coach in elite sport, but as someone who is curious, pulling on the thread, especially in sports like bodybuilding, where they have permission to take external substances to accelerate muscle growth. So this interview is done purely from that angle of curiosity. Hi, I'm Nick Jones. This is a disclaimer to let you know I do not condone the use of anabolic steroids or performance-enhancing drugs. However, I did feel comfortable to talk with Maisie, with Andrew May, on such a great podcast because I do see a lot of misuse of these substances and I think it is a topic that really does need to be discussed and understood somewhat. I'm comfortable to share my experience and my knowledge on the topic, but certainly if you can build and you can build a great physique, perform and recover without the use of anabolics, I believe it is a better, more sustainable, healthier way to go about your bodybuilding lifestyle. Get educated, get a healthcare professional, do your blood work, be very, very mindful of your health, be healthy, be strong, and have a great life. Now, trying to think the year, it would have been about 2015. I was driving, this stage I lived up the road on the North Shore, driving over the Harbour Bridge 
I was doing some consulting work. I hadn't sold to KPMG, but I was in the process doing mm. some work with them. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my best mate, Mario. I mentioned him before. I'm, I'm going to have to give Mario royalty for this podcast today. <laughs> and I'd just gone over into York Street, and I'm in the middle of talking to Mario. It's the start of spring. I went, fuck, wow. And he went, oh, how good spring. <laughs> I went, no, 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 mate. It's not anyone in a dress or any guy in a suit. There's nothing wrong with you know, appreciating both sexes. <laughs> yeah. He said, what is it? I said, it's a bus. He said, are you that excited about a bus? He said, Andy, what's going on, mate? He said, mate, it's that. Have a look. Oh, yes. It's the Expendables 3. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of talking to Mario, and then I've gone, fuck. He's thought I've seen something to divert my attention. And I said, no, mate, it's a bus with a whole heap of men. (laughs) And they go, tell me more. You got me interested. Go through who, who is in that photo. I don't have my glasses on, but it's Jason Statham. It's my favourite, obviously, Sylvester Stallone. Dolph Lundgren, who was on the f- cover of my first Muscle and Fitness magazine that I read. I think Arnold's in the back. Yep. Uh, Jet Lee. Wesley uh, Snipes in there. I think Wesley they even Snipes snuck in, in Kelsey Grammer. Uh, yeah, there's, I was going to say, there's a girl. Harrison here. Ford. Mel Gibson's in that photo. Is it, oh, really? See, my, my, my gla- I don't have my glasses on. Yeah. And I'll give you the ages. And we'll do this on the YouTube video. We'll put this picture up. They all look so healthy. Yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, how could I forget Terry Crews? Yeah, Terry Crews as well. Yeah. Now, here's the ages. So this is back in 2015 when this was released. Harrison Ford was 71. Sylvester Stallone, 67. Schwarzenegger, Arnie, 66. Kelsey Grammer, 58. And he was fit for that. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't Frazier. He was the Jack Guy in Expendables. Absolutely. Dolph Lundgren, 55. Antonio Banderas, 53. Terry Crews, 47, and Jason Statham was 46. Now, there's a few others as well. They are all so lean, so jacked. Yeah. It's so it's inspiring, isn't it? For guys like us, it's ins- because they were my child. Most of them were my childhood heroes. Well, I guess Arnold and Stallone, certainly. Yeah. Now, do they, and I'm, I'm, I'm being provocative here, Nick, do they just lift heavy twice a week? Do they follow that food visual we said? Half plant, quarter protein, quarter performance carbs, a little bit of fat. And good stress and recovery, or are they tapping the fountain of youth? I mean, I don't, I can't, I don't know. I can't say that I know that. But my assumption, and again, they, you know, they say about assumptions. But my assumptions from my experience is, yes, they are doing the food. Yes, they are lifting heavy and doing all the training. And I'd say at their ages, they'd at least be on hormone replacement therapy. Those guys, because again, at those ages, into your sixties and seventies, to have that drive to have that spring in your step to want to get in and lift heavy to write and direct the expendables three and be shooting 16 16 hours a day they shoot you know that with a movie thing 16 hours a day they shoot and those guys will shoot in the middle of the jungle in the wet creek at 3 a.m to just get the shot like i reckon they deserve their money they earn their money but but to have the drive and the zest for life at that age to do that and to look like that, I would have to. Be, I would have to think. In the, I mean, in the US, it's very common mm. for for men in their 50s, 60s, 70s to be using hormone replacement therapy, as women do. You know, in countries all over the world, especially this country. But I think with the men in this country, it's not. It's not so popular. It's still very taboo. But in the US, you look at them; they look like the picture of health. And certainly, if they are using hormones, you know, Stallone well into his seventies, Arnold well into his seventies, still training, still traveling the world, still working, still, still raising family, still eating properly. And you know, I know when The Rock was here, he was eating. He didn't. It was an interview on TV, and he was saying he was in great shape. He was saying how he eats. 
it was fish, rice, and broccoli. They they just bring it to him every time he's in his room. That's that's the order. As soon as he turns up, it's salmon, rice, and broccoli. He's got bigger. I, I saw oh, an beast. article. They had Fast and the Furious, which I love. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just, and, and, and I love watching with my kids. I've seen every action. one of them. So when a Fast and the Furious, what are they up to? Is fifty six or something? <laughs> yeah, comes out thirty two. <laughs> Some old hashtag, and you've always got Vin Diesel there. You know, yeah, he's great. But I saw The Rock in the first one to the last one. Oh, he's he's like getting bigger. Bigger and bigger. Yeah. Loves training. Loves it. Loves training. And this is the bit I'm excited to talk to you about. And, and mm. credit to you because we don't talk about this enough. It's sort of mm. subterfuge here. Don't talk about it. But Absolutely. in America, like Joe Rogan has openly spoken about peptides and testosterone and growth hormone on his podcast. And he gets guests on. Whereas in Australia, we don't. And I think we need to be educated about this. Yes. Not so, oh, go and use it. Just so, how are people doing this? And let's challenge the mindset with the beginner's mind. Yeah, Absolutely. Three things, anabolic steroids, peptides, human growth hormone. I'll give you my understanding of it and then tell me the benefits and side effects. On sure. It. So anabolic steroids, synthetic hormones that imitate hormones, specifically testosterone, they are used due to their anabolic effects and assist in the growth and repair of muscle tissue. Yes. Benefits, increase in muscle strength very quickly. It means that people are able to train more often and for longer periods of time. That's why a lot of athletes take steroids. It's not actually the steroid. It accelerates the recovery. The recovery, exactly. Decreased body fat percentage, you look good. Improved bone mineral density, better muscle endurance, increased red blood cells, so plasma production as well. Mm. Have I missed any? No, what are the side effects though? Because I mean, why, why wouldn't you want to take it? Well, <laughs> the, that's their This is benefit. why I commend you for having this conversation. Sure. Because when I studied exercise physiology, we had lecturers who knew nothing about this. Of course. Who hadn't trained, who'd been in a lab. Like literally, some of our lecturers were laboratory assistants, wonderful researchers. Sure. And they're teaching us on the side effects of steroids. And I can remember as an 18-year-old, just, and I asked a question, oh, have you ever taken steroids? And the whole room looked at me and went, oh! Yeah, it's like asking them if they masturbate, like, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> asking who <laughs> they masturbate. Yeah, yeah, so, so, so in the same <laughs> category. Oh that? my no. God, you can't, you can't ask that. <laughs> Where is it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can't ask that. You don't have to answer that, by the way. <laughs> Friend of mine. So, so we were taught back then, it's going to shrink your balls, your penis is going to implode, mm. um, you're going to get man boobs, mm. your hormone level is going to be shot and you'll probably have a heart attack. Yeah. And you will never have kids too, probably. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah, you end up with two little dried peas. Yeah. Yeah. they. Yeah. So where do they get these side effects from? Because when I look at the I expendables and I look mm. at what, what the data is saying about reported side effects, irritability, mood swings, damage to nerves uh, from injecting steroids, fluid retention, fertility issues, small balls, depression... I know some people have gone on HRT, hormone replacement therapy, and they're much happier. Much happier, improve their yeah. depression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm being neutral. I'm just yes, trying to no, I get open it. a conversation yeah. and explore it. I think all those side effects you're talking about probably would be applicable to something like alcohol when it comes to abuse. So I would say that would be abuse of anabolic steroids could potentially cause all of those side effects. I have no doubt that the abuse of them could could cause all of those again it's it's the abuse if you abuse alcohol you know you'll be dead and some people will be dead in a couple of years if they abuse alcohol so it's not the hormone or the chemical it's the dose it's the dose it's the dose and i think this is where the americans and these guys we're talking about they've got it down pat because they've got doctors over there that specialize in wellness 
and anti-aging. There are many clinics like that. So if you go over as a, as a 50-year-old man and your testosterone levels are in single figures, because I think the range is 8 to 30, if you rock in and you say, look, I'm really flat and depressed. And just I- on that, because that's a really important marker. Yeah. And so when Dr. Tom and I work with our high-end execs, yeah. we look at, we get their uh, testosterone or DHEA, Great. the precursor yes. to testosterone. Great. Less than 9.5 is low. Yep. Average is about 15, 15 milliliters yes. per, so 15 millimeters per liter, and high is about 28 plus. Yes, yes. Yeah? So looking at these guys in the picture, I reckon they'd all be in the 20s, 20 plus, right? Because yeah. they've got, you would think, a specialist in an anti-age clinic. Mm. Really looking at those metabolic markers. Absolutely. The science on this dialing it up, dialing it down to get it precise. Absolutely. And I think they probably do it so much over there. They pretty much know with most guys at their particular age, their lifestyle, their current testosterone levels, they probably know around about how much testosterone they need, around about how much growth hormone they need to be up in the high 20s consistently, not up, not down. They know how much growth hormone they need to be up in the levels they're at when they're in their 20s and 30s. So they are optimal But of course, when they're doing the blood work for the hormone testing, they test liver function, Mm. kidney function, hemoglobin, because you can get a thickening of the blood if your testosterone levels are too high. So all of these other markers that everyone should be doing for good health as well, you know, your cholesterols, your insulin levels, your blood sugar, they do all of that sort of stuff so they can see that these guys are optimal in their health. You know, they're not blue, purple-looking skin with water retention and acne. And there's some obvious side effects from anabolic use and abuse. I can walk into most gyms and tell you, you know, pick out a handful of guys straight away that are on anabolics because you can see- You can see straight away. You can see some of those side effects. But again, it's abuse. If I went in and, and looked at your corporate clients in their 50s that are on HRT, I would look at them and go, geez, that guy looks good for his age. He looks healthy. Can you can you pick who's on HRT? Nah. Nah. So explain HRT for someone listening who's got no idea. Hormone replacement therapy. Very, very common for ladies in this country. Very well accepted. Very well my, promoted my and encouraged. My friends and mum and her friends, got love them and they're in their mid-70s. They'll openly say, oh, Cheryl's on HRT and she's so much happier and she's lost That's weight. Right. and." Yeah, it's taboo though, right? For a guy to say I'm on hormone replacement. Oh, yeah, because it's the it's that T word is like testosterone. It's it's oh no, he's going to start bashing people at the lights and and turn into this crazy aggressive lunatic. Again, you know, it, it would be a combination of testosterone and growth hormone, and, and you know, if you can use levels that. Uh, you had in your twenties and thirties. So again, we are talking about being in the range. Why wouldn't you? If you're living with these levels of four and you're struggling to get out of bed, you're depressed, you don't have the motivation, you're getting this extra roll of body fat that you just can't seem to control, you don't feel like training in the gym, you're not recovering in the gym, you're losing muscle mass. Sarcopenia, as we age, can be reversed simply by some training and and uh, We don't HRT. talk about sarcopenia enough. We talk we about don't. osteoporosis, which is the wasting away of bone density. Absolutely, Andrew. Sarcopenia is the loss in muscle mass. Yes. I've read, Nick, that from... Around 40 years of age, the average person every decade loses about 2.2 to 2.5 kilograms of muscle. Yeah. Yeah. It's dramatic, isn't but it? But we keep the same weight because we're putting on body fat. And that's that's a lot of lean muscle. Your body will look very different. You get two and a half kilos of lean steak. With the steak. same weight, but you're round. Yeah. You look at, you get two and a half kilos of lean steak. Look how much lean muscle mass that is. You start pulling that off the body 
and putting the fat on in its place, yeah, you ch- your body composition changes and the way you look and obviously the way you feel is, is uh, not great. Are you planning an upcoming conference or company offsite? For the past 15 years, I've averaged speaking at over 50 events each year, and I still love presenting at conferences as much as I did when I first started. To explore the different presentations I offer on a range of topics and themes, including physical and psychological well-being, becoming burnout-proof, connection and belonging, that's a new area I'm, I'm really enjoying presenting on, neuroscience and behavior change, mental skills and leadership and culture, or if you'd like to understand our fully integrated conference experience with pre-event diagnostics, activities throughout the agenda, including the morning wake-up, energy breaks, team-building activities, and digital resources to embed learning. To find out more information and to download a brochure, go to andrewmay.com slash keynotes. So testosterone or anabolic steroids, Mm. human growth hormone is a natural hormone produced by your pituitary gland. Yes. HGH helps maintain normal body structure and metabolism, helps you keep your blood sugar, glucose levels within a healthy range. The use of HGA in sport today is not only based on its anabolic properties, but also its effect on carbohydrate and fat metabolism. Benefits are purported to be increased exercise capacity, bone density, increased muscle mass, decreased body fat. A lot of good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, I'm sold. Talk to me about the dance between the HGH and, and anabolic steroids. Yeah, obviously very, very different hormones, very different function in the body. HGH, again, you know, the, a lack of HGH in young adolescents causes dwarfism so that the dwarfs, children that are not growing at a, at a rate as to what they should, they will use HGH then. It's been used for decades and decades and decades for that. I think HGH, human growth hormone, and specifically around what you've said as the benefits, would be the closest thing to the fountain of youth. I think it's probably only half. I mean, if you used HGH without the testosterone and you had those very low testosterone levels, I don't think the HGH would be enough to regenerate your own production. I think when you get to a certain age, uh, like the ladies do with uh, menopause, you're just not producing enough of the hormone anymore and you're just not going to. So I'd say the HGH works very, very differently. Uh, You know, you've nailed the benefits there. Testosterone, really quite different. Testosterone is more the masculinizing, has a much, I'd say it have have a much more dramatic effect on that aggression. And I don't want to say that in a bad way, the like that drive that, you know, the get up and go, the drive, the zest for life, the want to get out of bed in the morning, that spring in your step. When all that is gone low, due to low testosterone levels. And again, Andrew, for the, the corporates that have these really high stressful lifestyles that are not training. So at least with you and I, we're doing all the things to maximize our natural production of testosterone. So the heavy compound weight training stimulates testosterone. Getting enough sleep is when you produce the majority of your testosterone and growth hormone. So without the sleep, without the good quality sleep, you're not going to be producing your growth hormone and testosterone as well due to that even the, the right nutrition. So we're doing all the right things. We're doing all the right things to, to augment it. But even then, I just think of the guys that are not, what chance have they got? And I've also read, or well, part of the research Dr. Tom gave me, is the average male will lose 
the, their testosterone levels would drop 1% every year from 40 onwards if you do yeah. nothing about it. Wow. That's a pretty depressing stat, isn't it? Your testosterone level's dropping 1%. Mm. The average person's putting on 2.2 to 2.5 kilograms of fat because they're replacing that muscle. And then they get to their 70s and go, yeah, God, I'm old. They look old, think old, act old, play old. It wasn't in the brochure, all this stuff, mate, was it? You probably would have knocked, probably would have knocked it back. Yeah, it wasn't, was it? <laughs> I've got one more thing, and I, and I yeah. love that we're, we're talking about this. Peptides yes. stimulate the release of human growth hormone, short chains of amino acids that occur naturally in foods in your body. Manufacturers can isolate them from natural sources or make them artificially. Benefits, they're hard to detect as they're absorbed quickly. This has really come to life with peptides, and again, how little we know when the uh, supplement saga, which was Essendon Football Club and AFL and Cronulla Sharks yes. and the NRL, yes. people go, oh my God, they're drug addicts. I, yes. I heard you know, people, I know educated people say, oh, they're drug addicts. It's like, no, they're taking peptides. Mm. Increased speed, strength, endurance, lean muscle, and reduced signs of aging. So there's some similarities between all those, but mm. obviously different compounds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're amino acid chains that stimulate your body to produce growth hormone, to stimulate your body to produce testosterone, or more so to keep testosterone active, Selectri some selective androgen receptor Receptors, modulators. Yeah. yeah, the modulators. So they allow your testosterone to stay as testosterone and, and bind to muscle sites more readily. And again, they're, they're peptides from natural sources. You know, the whole thing of sticking a needle into your body as an athlete is taboo. So, you know, the other, I think it was the Brisbane Bears when they were using electrolyte drips. Was it the Bears yeah, yeah. at halftime? Yeah. Again, it was, they're electrolytes, my goodness, but they're injecting them. So as again, a general public, it's really taboo once you start talking needles and injecting substances, natural or not. It's a really strange thing, isn't it, the perception? When I was in year 11, I started working in the gym at Dubbo at uh, RSL Bodyline. And it was a great experience. But back then it was aerobics and weights. And I was an aerobics instructor back then. Wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. You would have been getting paid good bucks though. Good I bucks can, in I the could gym. see you in your short tights up on the stage at about eye level <laughs> of this room full of ladies in Dubbo. Well, there you are, would have been the biggest hit in Dubbo. There are a lot of anomalies there. Uh, I was an aerobics instructor at Dubbo while my mates were playing footy. That yeah. was interesting. And I was straight. <laughs> Go figure. But anyway, there was a guy. Mate, you were smart. I was, I'm on to you. You were well, smart. Mate, we'll, have a chat offline. we'll have a chat offline, mate. Um, <laughs> There was a guy who came to the gym, Ed Bodyline, and he was massive, but all out of proportion, all puffy. I know now he was, uh, well, we've heard he was taking horse steroids. Yep. You hear these horror stories where guys have broken into a vet at Cootamundra <laughs> and they're injecting <laughs> horse steroids and bloody sheep, sheep testosterone yep. and everything else. And yes. they're walking around and shitting on the gym floor. <laughs> <laughs> so that's. That's sort of on the outline. People have got no idea, right? That's another area where I think this is you know, far from that you know, doctor who's working with all the Marvel. Mm. You know, the, uh, Wizard, you were saying there's a doctor, I think they call him Dr. Marvel, who works with a lot of the actors in America. Yeah, I was reading an article about this guy and basically whenever they get hired for a DC movie or a Marvel movie, you know, Chris Pratt, Parks and Rec, bit chubby, bit overweight, and then he rocks up in Guardians of the Galaxy just absolutely shredded and I don't think it's that easy. So I've heard that there's this doctor and there's a couple of personal trainers in Hollywood. They just send them to like a boot camp type thing. Would totally make sense. If your absolutely. job is your body, absolutely. which yours is. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you, you rock up to a fitness conference, uh, people are going to buy Gentech. You, know, mm. you want to look like the guy on the label. Exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes And, and that this whole thing is so open in the US and there are these clinics for hormone replacement. So yeah, I think it, it makes so why, sense. Why is it so open in the US and why is it so taboo here? Oh, 
might be, I mean, marijuana is a similar situation, right? So it's illegal here, completely legal over there, and, and they look at the benefits of it with certain people. It's not it's not my bag, but um, pardon the pun. <laughs> but uh, it might be the same. I don't know, just the public perception of testosterone, of steroids is really taboo here. But, you know, I guess with a lot of people as well, marijuana would be taboo here as well, I'd say. I, I can't answer that. I really can't. I think it's a miseducation and misinformation. Mm. Now, you've given me permission to ask this next question. Yes. You've competed clean mm. or clean. You've, you've competed. Is there a better natural? And no, natural, and clean, steroid-free. competed where you've taken exogenous substances. Yes. What's the difference for you? Like when you when – you, like, how do you feel different? How do you perform different? Yeah, m- much like you said, the difference with anabolics are they help you to be stronger and help you to recover quicker. So if you don't go into the gym and train harder a little more often, you're just not getting the benefit. All they really do is allow you to get a bit stronger and use more protein to recover quicker. So the protocols with nutrition, with training – with cardiovascular work to lose body fat, are really unchanged because when I was using anabolics and training, I would train so hard, so hard. I was squatting 230 kilos for six to eight reps, you know? So I was training so, so hard. That's, yeah, it was, I was wow. strong. I was very strong. But as uh, an 18-year-old, without ever using anabolics, I could squat 180 kilo back then, you know? So I think, oh, it's not, I think I know there are no real differences in the application of protocols to building muscle and losing fat, whether you're using anabolics or not using anabolics. I think the athletes that do use them, where, I mean, bodybuilding's not, majority of the, the top competitions, they're not tested. You're not cheating to use anabolics in bodybuilding unless it's a tested natural federation. And all the biggest federations, most popular federations in the world, don't test. There's no drug testing. So it's very openly talked about in the US. They refer to steroids as PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes they call the IPEIDs, performance-enhancing image drugs, but I Ah, I prefer that PEDs. PEDs, yeah. I'd say maybe the media call it PEID, and I'd say the athletes call it PED. Certainly softens the the blow when you say, you know, I'm using steroids or, yeah, I'm using PEDs like all the other athletes. And again, uh, you know, it's like the guys that you talked about using the vet steroids. It's very, very different to being an educated athlete. And I mean, I never, never used coaches back in the day with bodybuilding. We'd learn the training, the nutrition, the supplementation. We'd learn all of this ourselves because there were no real bodybuilding coaches back when I first started with bodybuilding. And I've learned enough to not even need to use a coach. Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including MatchFit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM Edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence. 